Welcome to the Middlemen, a semi-monthly podcast of frolicking fun and factual function. <laughs> I'm here with Doug Allen, and we have a very special guest tonight. Oh, the, our engineer tonight is Sharon Merkel. Should we start this again? No, we so can't start it again. One shot thing. It's not. <laughs> Sharon Merkel is uh, running the board tonight and will be contributing as well to the conversation. Doug, do you want to introduce our special guest? Yes, tonight we have with us uh, Mr. Jerry Monchek. Uh, the best way I can describe Jerry is oh boy. a. Uh, an interesting man with lots of stories. I've known Jerry for, what, what's it been, Jerry? About 20 years now. Huh? I met you at, well, since you skated out on the adoption classes every night. Um, <laughs> but I met you that Saturday, I want to say it was 02. Oh, back Saturday, in 02. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's been, it's been about 20 years. Yeah, every time. Jerry done. and I, uh, we, we adopted our families. Jerry and his wife and me, myself and my wife. We adopted uh, at the same time. We um, adopted two uh, relatively to the same age, like a month or a week apart. Uh, my daughter and his son uh, both came from the country of Belarus. That's where they were born. Many of you probably know that. Some of you may not. But yes, uh, we have internationally adopted children. That's how we met. And uh, it's been a roller coaster of events since then, hasn't it, Jerry? Oh my, it's been a, it's been uh it's been awesome though, Doug. You know, honestly, I was just thinking that it's honestly been an honor to know you and Robin and um, you know, it's uh it's good stuff. So you um, need money, how much? No, I don't need money. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if I need the money, I'd just throw your know wallet you that well, out of here, man. Come on. <laughs> so you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'll give you a little background just before I met the Allens. Uh, my wife and I had found out that we couldn't conceive on our own, and we just ended up leaving up to the big man because I couldn't see blowing that kind of money for fertility for a chance. And uh, one day, a lady came into where my wife works and told uh, the staff that the kids were adopted and. My wife's boss, who's like a sister to us, just said, hey, can you help these guys? Because they want a family and uh, they can't have their own kids. And as I found out later on during the adoption process that the day the lady came in was my son's birthday. Oh, I didn't know, know you that. You didn't know that? No. That's yeah, cool. well, we went to go show the visit. The lady called. She's like, I'm so happy for you. I said, just think, we met, uh, we found out about this in October and she said when's his birthday and I went and found the paperwork and I said October 9th and she got silent and said that's the day I came into the daycare. I'm glad I had a chair behind me because I went same right off my feet. Same year as well? Same year. So it was the same day he was yeah. born. Wow. Same oh, that's, day. That's, uh, that's interesting. That's so weird. then when we met the Allens, the Allens would introduce herself and say hey um, we're from Cecil. I say oh we live in Washington but they took off. And we could what? After every single class, I'm like, where did those people go? Well, I like to go to bed early. <laughs> I know you do. It was way past Doug's bedtime. Doug's no, I'm bedtime. sure Robin probably had a reason to skirt out. Well, early. Oh, said, blame Robin. Yeah, she's not she's even not here. here. You so said Robin's as social as a cold, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, COVID is her middle name. Yes, COVID. Stop. I didn't know that. So we went to a Saturday class. COVIDia. 
and we uh, saw the Allens, and um, I just said, I've been looking for you guys. He said, yeah, I get up early, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he said, you know, we're really happy we picked our daughter last night. And I said, I'm really happy because we picked our son last night. He said, yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to Minsk, Belarus, baby home too. I said, that's where he's at. What's her birthday? October 1st. What's his birthday? October 9th. Here it goes again. More coincidences. Yeah, all right, yeah. so I do have a question here i mean was there ever a time during your relationship in these past 18 19 years when you thought maybe you got the wrong kid mm, i don't think so did you ever like wish you had the other one no because i also have a girl <laughs> and like we discussed when we got here i have a girl from st petersburg russia so i have both that's yeah. why my hair is gray unlike doug <laughs> Yeah, I Doug does hair. doesn't have any. Yeah, thanks, Sharon. You're welcome. Yeah, Just make sure everybody's well. Aware. But, but actually, when we baptized our daughter, we made we wanted Doug and Robin to be a part of her life, a special part, so they're her godparents. Oh, along with that's another, terrific, Doug. Along <laughs> yeah. with another, you forget that already? Catholic. No, I absolutely that was the last that. episode when we talked about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the uh, the stories that sort of. S- Stream off of this events. These events are uh, are great. Uh, we, we had a, we traveled together. We tra- as a group. Uh, there was the four of us, and uh, and we traveled one trip. It took us to. We went to Belarus. We went to Minsk. We flew out of Pittsburgh. Uh, went to London, I think, directly to London. I think we went to Frankfurt, and Min- then we went to Minsk. Minsk. Coming home. Oh, we didn't stop Coming it. home, we went from I Warsaw to Frankfurt. Just because, if you remember, my wife didn't have a ticket. Oh. She had a reservation, but not a ticket. That's because right. they didn't want two infants in the same seat. Yeah. So Jody's freaking That's out, right. and I have the baby and wow, all the carry so on many, garbage. And, oh. So many memories. But uh, Especially the time... in the bar in uh, Warsaw that night. Yeah, we did spend an evening uh, after after the adoptions were official. We, we took some time off. The women stayed upstairs with the babies. The dads, the new dads, went downstairs into the hotel lobby in Warsaw. And uh, we had a beer and uh, reflected on our journey to that point. And it was... Uh, couple of what we say a couple of guys from western pennsylvania sitting here in warsaw poland you know new dads it was a it was a strange feeling uh it was a good night good night uh, but earlier in the afternoon when the um, when the translator uh that was with us marguerite said goodbye to <laughs> me and big doug that was one of the first of many times doug and i stood there and cried like yeah babies. it was uh <laughs> it was a very emotional uh we were there for about a week and there was something just about some emotional event every day, uh, whether it be meeting our kids for the first time, uh, playing with them in the playground outside of the baby home. The weather uh, delaying the first flight. Yeah, we were delayed. We got off to a slow start. We didn't start. We didn't fly till the very next day because it was a storm. Uh, it was just a lot of different things. I think the thing I'll ask you, Jerry. You're the one here. It's not. This isn't about me. But what what part of the trip uh, to Belarus would you say? I want to say the best part because that's obvious. But what um, what do you what, what you remember till the day you cease to remember? I remember you and I sitting in the bar because both women were asleep with the kids. 
of course, Doug and I had to go to get our immigration visa. Yeah. And um, the, the, the translator's name was Marguerite, and she was very passionate. Wouldn't you say, Doug? Yeah. I mean, this is what she does. She would meet people from the United States, well, other countries, I'm sure, and kind of guide them through the process, translate for us in the court, the court that we had to go to, uh, restaurants, uh, the train, and the train is a whole story in itself. Yeah, don't, uh, don't ask them about what I did on the train. <laughs> so, yeah, Marguerite was, uh, this is something she was, she really liked to do, and I wish we could have kept in touch with her. I, she wouldn't take an extra dollar from us. She wouldn't let her let us buy a meal, and she said, you're saving our kids. Aww. Yeah. She said, you're saving our kids children mm. and wow did we just turn on the old faucet Woo. yeah it uh the opinion people have over there at the time was that uh or some people i i think believed that we were stealing their kids that we were robbing them of their resources even though they couldn't take care of those resources very well they were in orphanages they were treated poorly they had bad health conditions we were saving them from that, but yet they were kind of ashamed of themselves for not being able to take care of their own. That's the way I felt. And some were very thankful that we were there doing what we were doing because they knew these kids had a better chance of, uh, of surviving. Uh, even just enjoying life maybe is a better way of saying it. Uh, I had heard that uh, if you're in a baby home at age 16, I think it is, Fourteen, you get you, you go yeah. to you the, go to a, uh, a school at age four, and then at fourteen you're out in society. Yeah. Where at that age you're alone, so you're going to go sell drugs. Right. You're going to be a prostitute. Or you're going to go yeah, to the military. The, the women, hmm. they were pretty much, or the girls, I should say, were pretty much confined to a very limited options. Um, and we can all, ex, you know, figure out what that might be. And then the men. Or boys. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> we'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, the boys would uh, be conscript, conscripted into the army, and uh, they would serve as military until they came out. So it was a bleak future for the children there. But anyway, um, all in all, we have two very productive children. They're uh, nearing 20 now. My daughter's in college. Casimir, his son, is is a hockey player. Yeah, he plays in junior hockey. If you want to play in college or get a shot at the bigs, unless you've got crazy talent, you have to play in the juniors. And his senior year of high school, he got the offer, and I really didn't want him to go because your senior year is special, man. But he that's what he wanted to do, and he doesn't regret it, and he loves it. But getting back to your original question, yeah. Douglas, um, the things that really stick out in my mind – was Jody feeding Casimir for the first time because I held him on my lap. And as you know, those kids were hungry. Yeah. And I remember him just grabbing her hand and shoving the food in. And he hasn't stopped. If anybody wants to see my grocery <laughs> bill, you you can see that. Now he's home for the summer. Um, and the other thing was, again, you and I just sitting down, just talking and just being dumbfounded. And, and wow, man, what just happened? Yeah, it was a us? whirlwind. Um yeah, there was we had tr we had to compact a full week into less time because of the weather. We lost a day, so 
it was a nonstop um, between getting the paperwork we needed, uh, the court case, the court uh, appearance. We had to appear in front of a Belarusian uh, judge who, who was let me add, scared she, the hell out of me. She was a very attractive, at least mid-50-something woman that looked at me like I just got her 12-year-old daughter pregnant. Oh, she, okay. She oh. really, Doug will even tell you, she had a mad look on yeah. her face, and it wasn't the women she asked the questions to. It was the it men. It was the men. Yeah. A lot of people don't intimidate me, but man. God, that woman sure did. She would ask questions through the interpreter, and the interpreter would tell us what she was saying. And it was, it was, wasn't um, threatening questions, but the look on her face it made you nervous. And uh, she expected you to give her answers that she wanted to hear. And she had had in front of her our dossier, our, our, our folder of everything about us. I mean, our whole life history we had to supply uh, to this agency for this process. And uh, it came down to like asking your incomes and are you going to have a room for your child? What if are your, your child gets sick and you have a biological child, who's going to get the medicine? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was like oh, very specific. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, assume, it, I assume they like helped prompt, I mean, prepare you for this and gave you like. They're going to ask this and not exactly. I don't remember being too much. I did know that we would have to make the men would have to make a statement. We would have to make a. um, We had to write biographies about ourselves, uh, both of us. I would love to read that someday. (laughs) I might still have them. I don't know somewhere. But Robin stressed over it. I wrote mine like in an afternoon, and uh, I have. No, it was not. Oh, they right. they have hear, very little humor there. Yeah, well, you, want, you want to hear a good one? I was I when we were coming over. Mary was coming over for our home study. Mary I, was our social worker. Yeah, social worker. So I got, got a shower, then I put my work pants back on, a wife beater. I had plumbers crack, and I walked out with my belt in my hand. And Jody said, are you ready? I said, yeah, bring that kid here. I'll teach him a lesson. Oh, my God, did she lose her mind on me? I was like, hey, I'm joking around, hon. It's called a joke. Well, I don't think you're funny. Yeah. I did. As a matter of fact, I thought it was darn Mary, funny. Mary, we've kept in touch with Mary over the years. She's a good friend of the families, and... uh she was a great resource. I mean, she spoke Russian, and she kind of helped us just prepare for what we were about to be uh, involved with. Uh, it, a funny thing just popped in my mind. It, the time it took from the moment we decided to adopt until we were officially parents of our children was nine months which I thought oh, was wow. that was kind of another coincidence that it took exactly the amount of time it would have taken if we had were able to get pregnant and have a child. It was the same amount of time to prepare. So that's another thing that God sort of gets you ready for, gives you just enough time to get ready. Yeah, feed, feeding Casimir, it's me and you sitting down, but one thing, Doug, that you failed to mention, and I just hit in my head because I will remember this, um, and maybe I shouldn't say this. It's Doug's information, but I'll say it anyways. Oh, great. Anything, anytime uh, no. you start a statement like that. Well, Abby's well, biological father showed up. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. the look on the Allen's faces as they walked in. Yeah. And during the original thing, Jody and I were losing it for them because yeah. you get close to people really fast when you're in a foreign country that doesn't like Americans. Well, I don't think they didn't like Americans, but... I don't know if they trusted us. Yeah. It was just sort of like, uh, I don't know. They looked at us like we were you know, better than them or something. I don't know. It's just an odd vibe the whole time we were in that country it was an odd vibe yeah but it's still a communist country i don't care uh there's still our dictator that rules there the last one in europe and uh it's uh well as you see in the news today they're they're on the russian side in this whole um ukraine issue uk ukraine war so yeah belarus yeah. is in russia um not the greatest terms right now yeah, we have a family group chat in our family on our iPhones, and my son sent a message to my daughter to tell your countrymen to get out of the Ukraine. <laughs> oh. And I took Jody texted and said, uh, "Belarus is on their side, son. Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they always they they always do that. And then there were other families that we met at the training at the classes, yeah, the adoption yeah. classes that we've kept in touch with. You just become real close to people real yeah, fast, and. Sure. Uh, like Jody and I say all the time, I don't know what I would have done if we didn't meet the islands, man. I just <laughs> I uh, want to go through before we switch subjects and, and do s some other talking because I'm sure uh, it's time to move on. But I do want to talk about the train ride, and I did <laughs> I did hint about that a little bit earlier, a few minutes ago. But <clears throat> the reason we had to ride a train, let me clear my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, See, in a professional broadcast, you'd have a little button that you'd Yeah, well, our well, sound I'm engineer not a professional. Is, so. Our that sound engineer is in, totally I'm missed with, that class. I'm worth every dime well, you pay me. Ping pong table. Go so, ahead, uh, This is great. We had to take a train. On our way home, the the thing was from, from Belarus to, um, I guess, Germany, oh, Poland, Warsaw. You, you couldn't get an exit visa. So you, ha you couldn't fly. Uh, so you had to take a train, and the train was from uh, Minsk to Warsaw, which is about an eight-hour travel by rail. It's it's actually less, is but it? the Soviets, well, yeah. yeah, the Soviets, you had to. This is where the good part comes in. Uh, <laughs> the pitch on the or the width of the tracks are different because the communists didn't want you to leave without them being able to inspect. Yeah, it you goes know, back to World War II. It goes II. back to WW2. So, go ahead, Doug. It we was, stopped it, to get our wheels changed. That's okay. Yeah, we had to stop when we got to the border of, of Germany. Um, Warsaw, I'm sorry. We had to... No, it was Poland. It was, it was, Poland, yeah. yeah Poland from between Belarus and Poland. Belarus and Poland. Yeah, we had to stop. And what they do is they had, a, they had a device or a machine that would lift up each car of the train and switch out the wheels. So they would, uh, the engineers would, or the people on the track would push the wheels out, bring a new set of wheels in, sit down in the car, and move it a little bit, and do the same thing. The whole train, it took a couple of hours, I think, wasn't it, Jerry, at least? See, that's the problem with communist countries. A NASCAR crew could do that in about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. They, uh, it was slow, but they warned us about this. They said this was going to happen, but you really didn't, know what to expect until it was done. And it was very herky-jerky, very loud. You could hear the workers outside talking. Um, and while this is happening, each car of the train is being uh, walked in on by Polish 
guards. And they would walk into your train car, which are these... It's, it, honestly, it reminded you of... If you've ever seen a World War II movie with the old trains that the, uh, you know, the spies were on, and you sat, and there was a table in between you, and the luggage went up above you and behind, and there was a little lamp on the table, and the car... It just looked like something out of a Humphrey Bogart movie. Well, these, these uh, guards would come into your uh, berth into these rooms and they had machine guns they were armed to the teeth and they would want your passports so you'd give them to them and they would talk to you and you were told what to say or what to hand to them because at that point you didn't have your translator you, this was like the middle of the night no marguerite was on the pl- on the train with she me. was on the train but I, she wasn't in the room when they she came she was asleep till yeah. i handled that so they would come knocking on your door, and it was just like in the old movies. Papers, please. You know, that's the only thing they would say. So you'd hand them over your adoption papers, your, your passports, whatever other post information. The post. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they would look at them, and they would leave the cabin with that information. So you're sitting there on a train, a midnight train in, in Poland, somewhere oh, in the, the woods of Poland. Poland. And uh, not have any documentation. <laughs> okay, Gladys. Uh, it was just a little frightening at that time. And they would come in and they would search your room. And you have a newborn, or basically a newborn. I think Abby was 10, 10 months, months or old. so, yeah. And uh, they would search your room. And there was these seats that folded up and there was storage under these seats. And the child would lay there sleeping. Well, they would lift up that seat tossing the kid towards the back of the seat, not even caring. Oh, not Casimir, but go ahead. <laughs> and uh, search and look and then come back within like maybe, I think we waited at least 45 minutes to an hour before they brought our papers back. And then uh, the train would finally just would keep rolling. But it was, it was frightening. It really was. It, was. it was a time and a place that I'll never forget. And it felt like you were transported back to the Soviet era... Bring up the good part about the. Oh train. yeah, well, very narrow hallways in the or in this train. I mean, the, the amount of room between the wall and the uh, to two walls, I guess, was a foot and a half, if that. I mean, kind of rough I, for us. Kind of yeah. rough for us horizontally <laughs> challenged men. Yeah, if you guys could see, um, Jerry's not a small guy, and and Doug back in those days. Yeah, I was a little bit bigger than I am now. Uh, just we couldn't it, we couldn't fit very well in those corridors, uh, and there was a bathroom at the end, and it was a uh, you know shared by all, and you could this tell. Is where I get very anxious that I don't have any control over the content <laughs> of this podcast tonight. Uh, relax, ahead. relax. Yeah. Anyway, we uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting trying to navigate the hallways, and um, Jerry decided during this trip. Jody decided to say, okay. hey, let's go see if Doug and Robin see all this stuff going on. Go yeah. ahead, Doug. Well, okay, we're not in the, we're not, we're several cars apart, or not cars apart, but several compartments apart. I don't know, probably 10 or so down from us is the Monchecks uh, in their little car, in their little cabin. So Jerry goes on a hunt because he doesn't know where we're at. So he starts knocking on every door. <laughs> I mean, these are people that have no idea why we're here. 
Um, they have no cares. They don't know that we have small children with us. Most of them look like they're on the run from some sort of agency. And uh, they don't want to be bothered at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Especially when there's a Belarusian dude in his gutchy sleeping with no covers and I wake him up. <laughs> so he's coming. Jerry goes knocking door to door looking for us. And uh, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, so my wife has the brilliant idea. She said there are three rooms down, but you know, you're not thinking, right? So I knocked on the wrong door, knocked on the wrong door, knocked on the guy with his, just his gutchies. And then I'm like, uh Oh, I ran back in my room. So, and then at the meantime, I heard Robin say, chair, what are you doing? But at that time, uh, at that time, I figured some Baylor Russians wanted a piece of this horizontally challenged man. So I politely ducked back into my own room, and Jody went down to see the Allens. They're coined a phrase. Say it, Doug. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I forget. The train wants to kick Jerry's butt. Yeah, the whole, yeah, butt was <laughs> a, you know, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the whole train wants to kick Jerry's right now. And uh, it was probably true. I mean, he had woken up uh, most of the train, or at least our section of the train, trying to find <laughs> us. And we just wanted... We just wanted to be, we rolled into Warsaw that morning and had a nice breakfast and it was civilization. It was a nice big hotel, big Hilton. And uh, we did our thing there. We had to, that's where we flew out of Warsaw <clears throat> and uh, flew to, I think, Hamburg, or not Frankfurt. Hamburg, but Frankfurt. And then from there to DC and then from there to Pittsburgh. It was about, a, I think it was about a, what, a 13 hour trip. It was all long. told. With it two was, babies. Yeah, with two children. And one of them Abby didn't had have a, food along the way. Right, I Abby think, didn't, right? wouldn't eat. <laughs> she had an ear infection. Asmir would eat. And uh, the even the, 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 what I found on the plane ride home, especially from Warsaw, there were some, I think, a soccer players from Latvia or something. Yeah, somewhere. Some right. were, yeah, they were on and there. Yeah, when I remember they that. saw little Casimir woof that ice cream down, and then he got mine and started eating it. The guy next to me gave me his. And I, you know, so there isn't, yeah. you know, while there is a lot of anti-American sentiment, you know, overseas, they are, uh, there are some are people babies. that are nice. Yeah, yeah, we see people with babies. They, uh, the, the person that sat next to us, we were in the very last row of the plane, and he was a businessman, and he was stuck next to Abby and Robin. Uh, we were on the tarmac for... Several hours. Ever. I mean, we couldn't get a, we couldn't take off on our, on our flight out of uh, Pol or Poland, I think. And um, oh, we sat there forever. And the poor man, Abby was screaming because she had an ear infection. She was not happy. She wouldn't eat. Uh, he put up with so much. And then at one point, she did bat her bowl of cereal all over his suit. So we felt really bad. And he was probably glad... Uh, when the flight was over, but uh, it was, I would walk up and down the aisle, and this is, this is be the last we'll, we'll yeah, talk, but w up and down the aisle, and every time I would, I was carrying her, trying to comfort her, and Robin was trying to get some sleep, and as I would go back into the, uh, return back to where we sat in the back, I would walk past the liquor cart, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the little bottles of Crown Royal were sitting there, and uh, I made several trips past there. And by the time I got off the plane, my jacket was uh, clinking with uh, <laughs> lots of little bottles in it. 
mm-hmm. so that was uh, I got I got a little bit of uh, relief there. Yeah, and Doug didn't want to keep his uh, Cuban cigars, so I oh, no. slipped off no, the habanero <clears throat> band of stickers. One of our uh, translators or uh, interpreters or whatever he was um, gave me a box of Cuban cigars that had dried out and were horribly uh, roasted. I call it, but uh, we couldn't. We didn't know how to get those home because of the, you know, you can't bring Russian or uh, Cuban cigars into the country, even if you're coming from Russia. And uh, we snuck them into, I think, Casimir's diaper bag, wasn't it? I think. I had the Havana stickers in my wallet. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, we we put them in the diaper bag. Is that the whole reason you got babies? Just so you could smuggle some cigars back? Cigars, man. Yeah. Anyway, that's our story. That's a good story, especially now... There's a lot of talk about, you know, the recent uh, um, court possible turning over of Roe versus Wade and the discussions of abortion versus life and um, kind of brought up the whole adoption uh, option. <clears throat> and um, I truly believe that there are so many other options uh, other than the, the uh, worst one. So uh, not to not to hammer you with the Bible, but you know Jeremiah five does say, "Before you're in the womb, I knew you. Yeah. You're meant to. You're created. I'm sorry, I, I won't get off on a tangent. No, that's okay. We we often quote the Bible on our show. Yeah, I. Um, but that's when I did my talk to a youth group at St. Ferdinand's Parish, and um, they didn't want me to sit up and preach no abortion, no abortion, because, God, you hear that all the time. And all I did, told the kids, after I told our story, I said, I told you at the beginning of the, this segment that, Jeremiah 5, before you're in the womb, I knew you. One day you or you may know somebody that has a unplanned pregnancy. You could be the difference in that life because of the story I just well, told you. Again, everything keeps coming back to mind. Abby, and I, I know she wouldn't mind if I told you, she if I told you about this, but <clears throat> she was uh, the result of a, uh, a failed abortion. Her mother was having twins, her biological mother. And um, her mother had taking, taken a bottle of uh, birth control pills in hopes that it would abort her pregnancies. And uh, one of the twins died, and Abby survived. So then Abby went to the adoption home after that, shortly after that, and uh, that's where we we rescued her, or she rescued us, I guess. Yeah, I, I say that all the <laughs> time. They rescued us. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of hits home when I when I hear these stories and see these people on TV with signs and and um, uh, it's just. Okay, I yeah, know it, we were it, supposed to stop. But yeah, I know. I know. I don't want to get too preachy. Yeah, I don't want to get, but but, but, but uh, you know what I mean. After yeah, after Doug came out, Abby's birth father just told him we weren't we weren't here to upset you. Da yeah. da 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 da. And then he turned around because I went over to stand with them in case they needed anything, and he waved at all of us with a big beautiful smile. And me and Doug sat on the bench there in that courthouse, yeah. and we. Bald. Yeah, that, we're like, uh, man, how can somebody do that? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, I still think about that guy, and I, I saw him, and he he looks a lot like what Abby looks like now. He had the dark eyes and dark hair, and, and you, it reminds you, me of him. You have to think in his mind, he was giving her a better life. And yeah, knew and that. I think he knew that. Yeah. he wanted. He showed up at the court hearing because he wanted a picture, mm-hmm. and uh, our translator or our court. 
representative, I forget what you called her, she had a small photograph that was attached to Abby's file, and I asked her if she, she could give that to him, and that's what he has. Probably the only photo he has of her is just a little two-by-two two, uh, snapshot, black and white. He Do did. you have one of him? No. No, and he didn't, know, he didn't know that the... Um, that his wife was pregnant, I believe, mm-hmm. is what he didn't even know she existed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she had uh, and, uh, she had moved out. She had some mental problems and uh, had moved back to her parents' farm, and uh, they weren't even together at the time. But they had to publish it in the newspaper, and I guess he read it in the newspaper. They give every opportunity for a family member to step forward and take charge of the child before it's actually adopted and we thought he was coming when we when we were told he was there we thought he was there to to stand in the way to interrupt the the adoption so we were uh, a nervous wreck he was sitting in the courtroom with us waiting for uh, we were waiting for him to stand up and object but he never did so i have a question i know abby has talked about going back someday Mm -hmm. Does Kaz talk about Kaz that as well? Say, we, so we were going to, uh, pre-COVID, uh, everybody has always told us, if you want to do a family vacation, do it the junior year of high school. Because mm-hmm. after the senior, mm-hmm. they got grad parties, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. He wants to go see where he's from. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, his Eagle Project, when he we told him, you have to pick an Eagle Project, give it some thought, and you know come up with something. I want you to do something meaningful. Mm-hmm. So you have to help a community, and his first choice was instantaneous. I want to collect supplies for the orphanage I came from and take them to him. So that's what he wanted to do. Well, if it can be done, I will tell you this about my wife, and Doug will will, (laughs) 100%. We'll have her on next. If it's for the kids, good luck getting her. figure it out. if, uh, If it's for the kids, if it can be done, Jody's going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And when she looked at me and said, we're not going back to Belarus, and then we had to tell him, and then we were going to go to another orphanage. Long story short, everything we were coming up with was failing. So I was taking him to a scout advancement camp, and we were talking, and he just looked at me, and uh, Doug will tell you, he's got the big, beautiful brown eyes. And he... Pretty as I've yours, Jared. No, not as pretty as mine. But, you know, anyways. Yeah, that is good. So, anyways, um, he looked at me with two big watery eyes and said, Dad, can I just do a project to try to help out kids that might have started out life like me? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? When you get home Sunday, we're going to find something. Oh. So, the children's home of Pittsburgh they are an adoption center. They don't have orphanages, of course. Um, they do have an adoption center staff. They're a special needs daycare. And they're also a uh, step-down unit from Children's Hospital. Okay. So they constantly need books yeah. and they need toys and they need, they need, they need. And I'll tell you that when the, his article uh, hit our church bulletin, he was only supposed to collect 350 bucks. And he got almost four hundred, four thousand dollars. Holy wow. cow! Yeah. Wow. So, um, but well, that that says something about 
his parents that yeah. raised him. I think well, that he's, he's, you know, he's an old example. soul. He's an old yeah. soul. He has a special connection with Uncle Doug and Aunt Robin <laughs> that uh, Uncle Doug's his buddy and, and yeah. Aunt Robin, he'll come over here, put his head on her shoulders. Yeah. It's just that's Our just Our two him. kids are very close too. They they have a they have a connection that uh, it's brotherly, sisterly, but almost on a different level. I mean, it's just they're so united by a common thread. Yeah, um, Casimir yeah. had an absolute meltdown. He at Christmas there was like around he was nine or ten. All around the holidays, man, he was a jerk. And, and I mean, I'm going to tell you, he was an idiot. Well, they still, they're still kids. Oh, they still, still kids. go through. But it wasn't just normal. It was yeah. extra. And I caught him singing a song, and it had his birth mother in it. Tatiana. Da, 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 da. I said, do you think about that often? And he went, yes. And so we talked about it, yeah. and I thought it was over. And then one night we were at a we were at Thomasina was doing ballet, which I wish she still did because I loved a ballet. But um, you used my, to do ballet too, right? Shh, don't tell people <laughs> okay. that. Don't tell people. I that. thought that was a two-two. I saw Geraldine. No? Four, four. four four. Yeah. <laughs> um, my cousin came to see Thomasina's. Um, uh, ballet that night and we were in the bathroom and he said who's that again and I said that's your my dad's dad's daughter and he said he looked in the mirror disgusted crumble up his towel threw it away he said I just want to know what was so wrong with me wow. and I said what are you talking about and he said why did she have to give me up why am I here with you guys and I said dude I said we've told you all along because we made up a nursery rhyme about the adoption and then he would never tell Jody. He always told me. So then the next, oh, I want to say the next, um, the next day we were getting ready to go to church. I told Jody, and she said, "That's it. I'm going to say something to him." So she did, and he just lost it. He couldn't even stand up. And um, the one thing that we so we had a baptism that day. We had a funeral wake that day, and we had a graduation party on top of, I think, uh, Thomasina had a dance recital. So I went to my cousin's baptism, and then we hit everything, but the one thing that we had to do that day, he had to see Abby. Aww. I have to go see Abby. And I don't even know, you guys were in Burgettstown playing a, a softball tournament. <laughs> Figures. So I... I went from Brownsville to <laughs> Monongahela to Washington, or no, to Burgettstown. And that's, I, I don't even know if they talked. He just had to see Abby. He, he had to see Abby. And from then on in, it's never been, it's yeah. never a topic. It's never discussed. They will have a connection forever. Yeah. I and mean, they will always be friends. And I have oh. to say, like, I can't. First of all, I can't believe I'm going to give Doug credit for anything. But you guys have all, like you and your wives, have raised them to know where they came from and, and their yeah. whole story. And even though they're always going to have kind of that disconnect from their birth mom or their birth father, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people hide it, and they could have hid it yeah. from their kids. You yeah. could have hid it from them no. and not – you know, just let them grow up thinking they're your biological kids. And so I think that I takes think a lot Abby would at, have, from a parent to do that. <laughs> she would have quickly but, realized she wasn't from us. <laughs> <laughs> but 
She got to go to order. She's anyway, like, uh-uh. I do. These aren't I my parents. credit because that's, that's hard. And oh, I'm, uh, I've I'm cried show, already three times tonight. This I'm was like, their first <laughs> official picture. Oh, oh my gosh. It's just sound only, Jerry. It's, <laughs> we'll describe it. He's showing me so I can cry again. I'm trying to find a good picture of him without looking stupid. And... Him and his receding hairline now. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, I that's him. Know. Oh, look, there's Sharon. Sharon. That's him now. Oh, I, the last I saw him, I think, was at Abby's graduation party. Oh. He looks, he has a Russian look to him. He has oh, a yeah. Bit of a it, Russian. And, and honestly, if and you Abby look does up, too. Yeah. if you look up the players, uh, Sergei Kostitsin <laughs> from he, what he played in the NHL, it, it'll stop you in your tracks how much <laughs> he looks like Uh-oh. him. Maybe. Huh? Yeah, well, I don't know. You never know. Never know. <laughs> well, uh, that uh, that was an interesting chat. Now, one more thing we can. I want to finish up here within the next five or ten minutes. But Jerry recently had a health scare. He um, he. Uh, I'll let him tell most of the story. But he has a little story he wants to uh, to pass on and, and share that. Uh, makes you wonder it makes you think a little and uh, i'll let him uh, I, I would call it jerry's near-death experience and yeah I, I don't think that's a, an exaggeration but uh jerry give us a little background I, i'll do that and i it. i wanted to i didn't want doug to hear this story the first time tonight so oh, yeah. i was planning on telling the the, the lyft and uber stories but we can do that <laughs> in another that's episode another, that's part two yeah that's part two because <laughs> doug did a little bit of uber because i did and uh it, we had great stories but anyways yes, we do. um so, heart disease and strokes run in my dad's side of the family rampant. And um, I just told Robin that I'm the first one with my last name that has made it without a stroke or heart attack before 50. Um, on April 5th, Casimir had just come home from playing hockey on that Friday. And I didn't see either of the kids because Tommy's working now and Kaz went right to work. And, you know, we, um, I didn't really get to see him much. So, it was a Tuesday and I said, well, I'm just going to go home and forget about driving, you know, the ride shares tonight. I haven't seen both kids, so I'm going to go home. And then Jody called. She said, I'm not busy, so I'm coming home too. So I was sitting eating dinner with the family, and then my legs started shaking a little bit. And Jody said, what's going on with them? I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm tired because, I mean, I was really hammering the hours hard. So... I just decided, you know what, I just might be tired. I must be tired, so I'm going to go ahead and go up to bed. And um, and that's what I did. It was about 8.30, and I only knew that because my Thomasina gave us the, I didn't know how important it was, but they needed to know the last time I was coherent. So I went in, and I, and I laid down, and I started shaking all over. And Kaz, I saw Casimir's room light go on, but I couldn't say his name. And he came in to ask me a question, and I do remember him saying, "Dad, you got to go to the hospital." I don't remember getting out of the out of the townhouse. He got my two hundred pound body up and down three flights of steps. And what he said is, when I got outside, I wouldn't walk. And he said, "Well, Dad, you're not walking. I'm taking you." So he did one of his, uh, you know. Fireman carried me into my wife's van. By that time, Jody was in the van and uh, got to St. Clair Police Station, where in that turn, they took me to Mercy instead of St. Clair Hospital. I don't remember any of that. 
I, I can remember Jody hitting me and splashing me with water and say, stay awake. I don't remember seeing a cop. I don't remember the kids coming with my backpack. I don't remember any of that. But what I do remember is I got dropped and found myself in this meadow. And I'm, I won't forget this ever. And I, I mean, like I was telling Sharon pre, uh, pre-podcast, I can try to draw it, but I'm going to tell you my drawing stink. So, but anyways, um, getting back to this, I was, I was on this path and I was walking. I realized that my neuropathy wasn't bothering me. My back didn't bother me. I had no headache because I get chronic migraines. And on the left-hand side, it was lined with people that were four or five deep and they were all happy. And they were telling me, come on, come on, go down to the bridge, go down to the bridge. Now across the creek, the, the field had the most beautiful flowers I've ever seen. Oh, it was gorgeous. Overcast day and off to the right, and you know, off into the sky, there was a real bright light. Wasn't blinding, but it was very bright. So in the meantime, I'm walking and I'm touching, I'm putting myself, putting my hands on my big belly and on my, it's like, did I, am I dead? I said, oh, well, I mean, I wanted to see the kids get older and stuff, but I can't make that choice. So I went walking down, and I saw the bridge, and everybody's telling me, go across, go across. And when I turned, I looked at looked to go over the bridge, and a voice said, not your time. And I was in the MRI. They just finished the MRI. Uh, they had given me a clot buster shot, which broke up what was causing me to have this stroke. And the lady said, do you know where you're at? And I said, St. Clair. And she said, you're at UPMC Mercy. Uh, You were having a stroke. We believe we derailed it. And uh, she said, the good news is we, you do have a brain because we found it. And the better news is it's not damaged. I knew it. Yeah. We wondered there for several years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's all that all that vodka over in Belarus, especially at that dinner that night when we were awarded to kids. Oh, that was a that was a real nice and drunk night. So but. you think you think you were uh, on the on the edge of uh, the great beyond, huh? I honestly think, Doug, because I I took me a while. Jody told me when I was coming to in the ICU, I was saying that I was looking for my dad. Because, of course, my dad passed in 09. My best friend passed away in 2017. And a lot of family friends I know that were good people were up there. And I was looking around trying to find them, but I didn't see anybody. And the next thing I know, I was in ICU. So I, I it was real. It, I, I, I wondered, is it something I daydreamed or not? And now that I'm keeping, but it was real. Um, nobody can tell me if I, I mean, I don't think I flatlined or coded, but that doesn't mean that, you know, something else. I, do you think you were just in the wrong place? And they were like, no, you don't belong here. On that note, on that note, no, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I know that, you know, there's no medical proof of me dying. But I know that I was there, and I also know it's not my time. Yeah. And I... um still I, have two it, kids to it, finish. Well, it's still, it still messes with my brain is, you know, why? 
and what did it mean? You know, a good, a good friend of mine, clergy, just said, I told him, I said, I think I'm a good, all seriousness, I think I'm a good person. I think I try to do things good. I fail at things like I do all the time, but now I have a second chance. Mm-hmm. And, um, or I have this second chance, and I'm not going to waste it. I'm yeah. not going to waste it being mad. And they're, I'm not saying I'm not going to get mad because that's a lie. Well, but, that's... you know. Yeah, I can tend to I can tend to hold a grudge, which I'm not going to do anymore. And uh, I think it, that's a good message. So tonight's we've we've talked about. Oh, that's Coco. Coco decided to chime Coco. in on that. Coco's our little Shih Tzu. Who, uh, he doesn't have his own microphone, but uh, he's doesn't trying, need one. He has uh, he has a message too. He would like to. Anyway, Jerry, thanks. Thanks for coming on. And uh, sharing uh, some good memories with Thanks me. Thanks for making me yeah. cry. Yeah, you made Sharon cry. Uh, I think you made, made JD cry a little, cry. too. Yeah, uh, maybe. He just took off after the dog. Don't kick my dog! <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I was looking online on where to send it on countries that eat them, so, you know. Oh, here he comes. He's back. Little anyway. Co- little Coco Taco. Oh. A little bit of a different type of show tonight, folks. I know we... Uh, we kept it. It was semi-serious, a little melodrama there, but uh, I think uh, it was it was good to have our first guest, Jerry. You're our first true guest of the really? show, so. Uh, well, then we're going to come back for a funnier when we can talk. Yeah, Uber when we can talk Uber and some of the things. Methods, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have some good Uber stories, but anyway, uh, JD, would you like to? Uh, you have you've been silently. Well, I haven't. Didn't know all these stories. So, oh, uh, so you were I, enjoying I was, them as well. I was listening and, and, and taking a few notes. So oh. I don't really have anything to add to that. Okay. Like you guys are all that you've done. For Thank you for listening to The Middleman, a slow kids at play production. Executive producer, writer, and co-host, Doug Allen. Writer, original music, and co-host, J.D. Little. Sound engineer, writer, and co-host, Jesse Merkel. Visionary, marketing, and catering, (laughs) Teddy the Wonder Wizard. Drop us a line at themiddleman.99 at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at themiddleman99 or Instagram at themiddleman.podcast. The Middleman.